All right, everybody, welcome in to the Backyard Spiral. I'm Gurleen. I'm Tosh. So today, football is obviously going to be a big part of, of what we talk about, uh, all sports, but definitely our, our love for football. The NFL Top 100 players, they do that ranking every year. I pay attention to it. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes they get it wrong. Yeah. I think one thing that isn't talked about enough in terms of football is the all-time great players. I think the NBA does a great job of keeping that conversation going in terms of who's better, Michael, LeBron, and I'll talk about that on a separate day. That's for another time. (laughs) But today we kind of of wanted to talk a little bit about our top five all-time football players. Now, Dodge, before we dive into it. I kind of want to preface it by by saying this. I know a lot of people have different ways of doing their lists as an all-time, but I think if you're going to make something all-time, it can't just be the people that you've seen cuz then don't say it's an all-time list. Say it's yeah, the fact. top 5 players I've seen, right? And the other thing is there has to you have to try to be objective about some things. I understand it's a subjective list, but you can't. So the way I see it is it has to be how much did you accomplish in your career? Right. And how much of those accomplishments had to do with you? And what I mean by that is right. Like in basketball, Adam Morrison, for example, who most of you probably never even heard of has two. Exactly. He has two championship rings. Right. But he didn't play a second of the games, right? So you can't say, oh, he's a two-time champion. No, he was on two championship (laughs) teams. He collected checks, right? So my the way I look at it is, okay, how much did you achieve in your career? And the football is also kind of weird because there's it's a 53-man roster. There's 33 players playing, if you think about 11 on special teams, 11 on offense and defense. So outside of the quarterback, you can be an all-time great player, but not really be able to affect winning in terms of Super Bowl. So I think we have to take that. At least I certainly took that into consideration. Yeah, sure. yeah. What about, what were some of your thoughts around this stuff? And for me, like you said, I tried not to do just the people I've seen because I'm relatively new to football. I only started watching it back in 2016. And so when I'm doing my research and I compiled my list, I tried to take into account what you just said, what the players did for their team, what they did for the era they played in, what they did or how they played in the big games and just what they overall did on the field. So I think I made a pretty good list here, but we'll see. All right. Do you want to kick this one off? I can kick it off. I give up. So for my number five guy, we'll start at five, go down to one. For my number five guy, this is a guy that I've heard of my whole life and I've been doing a lot of research on him and I looked at him. Joe Montana. Obviously, everybody knows about Joe Montana, three-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time first all-team pro and eight-time pro bowler. And he's even in the Hall of Fame now. I just think that he just brought a different energy. He had the Hollywood-style quarterback energy. And during the peak of the San Francisco 49ers, he led them to both Super Bowls. And they actually beat the Bengals in both of those Super Bowls as well. So yeah, I think got, he's got to be uh, my five. He's He's got four rings in total, started in 81. Um, uh, uh, one of the most famous moments in football history, uh, Dwight Clark made 
the catch, right? The catch. That was in the NFC Championship game. They go on to win the Super Bowl. They won four Super Bowls. Joe Montana, with Joe Montana, and Joe Montana never threw an interception in the Super Bowl. He had that, I think it was 80-88, where he had that iconic drive at the end of the game to 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 beat your Bengals. I think that was the yep. 88 Super Bowl. It could have been 89. I think they won in 81. They won in 84. And then I think they won in 88 and 89 back to back. Great team under Joe Montana. Great coach, Bill Walsh. Jerry Rice was on those second of their, or the third and fourth championships. I agree with you. So on my list, Okay, here's the thing. I think with football, it's interesting. You almost have to have two lists. You almost have to have a greatest Super Bowl or a, a greatest quarterback list and a greatest player list who who I aren't agree, yeah. quarterbacks, yeah. right? Just because like it, the quarterback just does so much. The quarterback touches the ball on every play. The receivers are completely dependent. Tight ends are completely dependent uh, on the quarterback. So if we include the quarterback position, then I think you you have Joe Montana there. I think I would have Joe Montana as my fifth. If you don't include the quarterback position, which is, again, a valid way, I think, of doing this, just because it's not like basketball where you could be a great point guard and, and be the best player and lead your team to a championship and you could be a small forward or a center in football. If you don't have a great quarterback, especially as the way that the game has changed over the last 50 years, if you don't have an all time, great quarterback, you're not going to win a super bowl and much less win four super bowls. But if you have quarterbacks on the list, I have no problem with Joe Montana five absolute legend, Joe cool. If not quarterbacks, I would go with Reggie White there. Reggie White, defensive lineman, defensive end. He played, he could go inside and play some D tackle, played for the Eagles, played for the Packers. And I think he had even a season where he played for the Panthers at the end there. But he's most famous as the Eagles and the, the Packers. They called him the minister of defense, played at Tennessee before coming to the NFL. Actually, he went to the USFL before coming to the NFL after he was done at Tennessee. Came into the NFL absolutely dominated. I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but I think he had more sacks during his time in Philadelphia than he had games played. I think he he might have had 104, 105 games played, and he had 106 or 107 sacks. Absolute monster. The best player on the field most times he played. He was everybody from that 96 Super Bowl team with the Packers say that he made all the difference. He was the bit he was the first big free agent in the NFL that changed teams. And he ended up going from Philly to Green Bay, as I said. So I would have Reggie White in that position. Who do you have for? So at four, I have a guy who I know a little bit more about. You and I have even talked about him. And at four, I put Jim Brown. And you might have him a little bit higher, but at four, I have Jim Brown. And looking through all of his stuff, I saw that he was the only running back in the NFL history to average more than 100 yards per game. 
which is an absolutely ridiculous stat. Imagine if that happened today. And how wild and, that and, 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 and what's so important about that one too is back in those times, everybody knew that the offense was going through Jim Brown. Yeah, yeah. Right. They didn't have complicated pass schemes to get get safeties out of the box and get linebackers to stop coming forward and back up and play the pass. Everybody knew that Jim Brown was running the ball and he wasn't going to run it outside of the numbers. He was going to run it down the middle. And he still averaged, I think his career yards per game was like 104, 106 yards per game. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolute monster playing in Ohio. Jim Brown fittingly playing for the Browns. Shout out to Jim Brown. How about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know about shout out to the Browns. But no, they had great teams. He was dominant. I think he played nine years. He retired when he was 29. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just 57 to 65 he played. Yeah, he, 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 he ended up he ended up going to Hollywood, becoming an actor. He did some pretty big time movies. I think he was in The Great Escape. So I saw him in this alien movie once. I forget what it was called, but Jim Brown was yeah, in that one. And it says here that he was a Super Bowl champ. Was that that okay. was probably pre era, right? So, this was pre Super Bowl. So he, okay, he so didn't win the Super champ. Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He won. Hold on. And then three-time Brown, three-time MVP in nine years. Yeah, he led yeah, the league in rushing. I'm going to hold off on some of this stuff because I I have yeah, Jim Brown same. on my own yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> Number yep. four, mine is similar. I went with a, a running back. I went with Walter Payton. Walter Payton, great, great player. Uh, obviously, the NFL Man of the Year award is named after Walter Payton. Uh, a lot of the same reasons that we talked about with Jim Brown, I think they apply to Walter Payton. Walter came in in the 70s, played his entire career in Chicago. He's he's a god in Chicago. Absolutely loved in Chicago. And Walter played on a lot of really bad teams. Obviously, they won that Super Bowl with in 85 with one of the best defenses ever, considered one of the best teams ever. Yep. They went 15-1 and in the regular season. By that time, Walter was a little bit older, still had a great season, still was a massive part of that offense and a massive part of that Super Bowl team. But when he was younger, when he was really in his prime, that team was, the Bears were not a good team. And he was everything for them. Walter Payton, obviously, was a running back, so... And everybody knew that Walter was getting the ball. So everybody yeah. tried to stop Walter Payton. Couldn't do it. He was great at catching the ball. He was probably ahead of, uh, ahead of his time in terms of a receiver out of the backfield catching the ball. Um, I think he might have even played quarterback for a few snaps in one game. There, was a, there were a bunch of injuries. And he played quarterback. And he yeah, could throw the crazy. ball pretty well. Like <laughs> Walter Payton was incredible. So I got to give love and recognition to Walter so, Payton. I don't know too much about him, but you said that they won the Super Bowl. Who was the quarterback for that Bears team at the time? Jim McMahon out of BYU. Jim McMahon was the quarterback of that that 85 Bears team. It was really okay. the defense that was incredible that led them to, to that Super Bowl. That defense had Hall of Famers all over the field. You had Mike Singletary, one of the best middle linebackers to ever play the game, Richard Dent. You had Dan Hampton, incredible defense. They had other linebackers, Marshall, 
uh, I think it was Wilbur Marshall. Okay, yeah. I- incredible defense. I think that Gary Fensick was in the uh, defensive backfield. One of the best defenses ever, Coach Mike Dick, Buddy Ryan was the defensive coordinator. But Walter Payton was still on that team. He was still a massive part of the offense. Definitely, uh, I think he definitely belongs up there as one of the best players ever to play the game. For sure. I've definitely heard a lot about him. And then for my number three position, it's my first or first defensive player. I picked Lawrence Taylor. And this is another guy that I've just heard a lot about growing up and stuff like that. And then once I started looking into him too, I was like, this guy was like on a different level or one of the only two people to ever win MVP honors as a defensive player, which is crazy impressive. I couldn't even imagine that happening today. And people talk about him being the goat of defense. He kind of coined the word that defense wins championships. Like you just said, the Bears kind of won that championship off of defense. And he was just really big for that Giants team, two-time Super Bowl champ, and he's in the Hall of Fame right now. So uh, number three, I got to go Lawrence Taylor, which you probably know a lot more about him, but that's my No guy. debate there. I actually have him on my list at number <laughs> two. So list, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll hold off on talking about LT till the time I get there. Right now, yeah. I'll say my number three player of all time is Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice holds every every receiving record there is. You talk about receptions, yards, touchdowns. I mean, the man. I want to say he had a he had the twelve. He set the single season touchdown record twenty two at the time. It was beaten by Jerry or uh, beaten by Randy Moss, but. He set that record in a 12-game season. Wow, yeah. They had a, a strike-shortened season, and he set that record. I think Jerry, obviously, I think Jerry had the benefit of playing with Joe Montana, who we've already mentioned. He played with Steve Young for a long part of his career. Again, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He played in that Bill Walsh system. Bill Walsh was an absolute genius of a coach. but. I think the way that Jerry played in that and the way that Jerry played with those great players, you have to consider Jerry as one of the truly great players of the game. Now that you see a lot of now that you see a lot of the passing game explode, you see a, a lot more players with a, a, a lot of career receptions or a lot of career yards. I don't think anybody's going to get to over 22,000 yards. Even yeah, now that they've number. increased the game, they've made it a 17-game season, but I don't think anybody's going to get to 22,000 career yards. I don't think anybody's going to touch 208 career touchdowns. I think he had 197 receiving touchdowns, 208 total. Mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, statistically monster. He won. He won, as I mentioned, he won two Super Bowls in the 80s with Joe Montana. He won a third with Steve Young in 1994. Jerry was actually a Super Bowl MVP one of those years. Super and then wow. he and, and he played forever. He was a great he was a great receiver when he was 38, 39, 40. He was still having thousand yard seasons and 80, 90 catch seasons. So Jerry Rice for me is my third. And it's funny you mentioned that because for my second, I had Jerry Rice actually. And one point that we didn't even 
touch on too much is he was like known as the league's Iron Man. He was just always ready. And the greatest ability is availability. He was just always ready to play. Obviously had all the records with the touchdowns, receptions, just showed up to every single game and showed out at every single game. And you also kind of mentioned it too, but he played all the way from 1985 up until 2004, which is a huge stretch. And what do you think that's so different about receivers back then and now? Because we have guys like Justin Jefferson playing now, but was the usage just higher for him? Were they just going to him more? Like, why did he set all those records back in the day? For Jerry, I just think Jerry was, but that that points to the greatness, <laughs> Jerry. I think Jerry was just open. And he just knew how to get open, and I think he had because he was so great, because he was so dependable. I think the quarterbacks they developed that relationship to the point where they knew if they throw it to Jerry, he's going to catch it. He's going to do some good with it. <laughs> uh, obviously, talent is a hard thing to judge. Jerry wasn't the fastest receiver. He wasn't the the biggest receiver. He didn't jump the highest, none of that. But I think Jerry was an absolute pro. And he was probably, it's like one of those things where I think Randy Moss, for example, who I love and I think is probably the second best receiver of all time. I think Randy Moss was an A plus in terms of speed and an A plus in terms of jumping and an A plus in terms of height. But Maybe he was a B in terms of effort sometimes. Like he, yeah, he would take plays. I think maybe Jerry Rice wasn't an A plus in a, a, any category, but I think he was an A in every single category. And I think that's what ultimately made him the best is just like his will. Like you listen to Jerry Rice talk about playing football and it gives you chills because the guy yeah. was just like, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of me yeah. being the greatest of all time. Like the guy was in year 13, 14, showing up to voluntary minicamp, going harder than the rookies. Guy was crazy. Yeah. This is definitely a guy that I'm going to research more, look at more of his highlights. Cause like you just said, he just seemed like he just dominated so well for so long. It's just something we might not see now for a wide receiver. They'll have five good years now at most and then just drop off a huge drop off too. And yep. man amongst boys, honestly. Man amongst boys, honestly. <laughs> yep, you're right. That's your number two. Number two for me, uh, I mentioned LT, Lawrence Taylor. The bad, the baddest dude to ever play football. 6'4", probably about 240. Back in the 80s, he was selected number two overall in 1981 by the Giants completely revolutionized football. Look at the way the NFL is played right now and look at the premium that's put on edge rushers, right? You talk about players like Khalil Mack. You talk about the Von Millers, the TJ Watt, JJ Watt, Miles Garrett, all those dudes, right? Before them, DeMarcus Ware, all those type of guys. This guy was the one, LT was the one that showed that, whoa, it's not important for every linebacker to be a pass coverage linebacker, right? For this one dude, you want to let him just rush off the edge. And he could not be stopped. And what's interesting, I I was listening to, I was listening to a thing a while ago. It was 
Mark Schlereth, who used to be like a, a guard for the Broncos. He was on their two Super Bowl teams. And he was talking about LT and he was like, man, the only way we knew to try to control LT is like, there's no stopping LT. But he was like, the only thing we tried to do is run towards him and put three helmets on him. Because he was like, if you yeah. ran away from him, which meant like the offensive lineman was going away from LT. He was like, LT was going to chase your guy down, grab him <laughs> and just take probably <laughs> rip the ball out. LT was incredible. Yeah. Obviously, he had a I think he had 132 career sacks, which is a lot, but a lot less than some other players. But I don't think it tells the whole story. I think that LT to really understand LT, you have to understand that defense was played completely differently before LT got there. And defense has never been played the same since LT left. I think that's the LT story is like he had the production, the players that played with him that talk about him as if he's like the Terminator or something. He's not, he's almost (laughs) not even, you know what I mean? Eric Dickerson, who's a hall of famer, Hall of Fame running back talks about the first time he played LT. He was like, I was literally scared. He's I've never been afraid of a he's, I've never been afraid of another dude on a football field. I was afraid of LT. So, like you talk about LT, man. That's my number two player. He's the highest rated defensive player. I think it's almost unanimous. I think everybody says he's probably the yep. best defensive player ever. I think there's an argument to be made that he's probably the greatest football player of all time. Again. Consider what I said earlier, where it's like, to me, the quarterback conversation is almost different just because of the responsibilities on the players, the role. They just have more of an impact that way. But think about team construction now, right? When you have your great quarterback, immediately the next position you have to look at is a great pass rusher. Right, a guy to get yeah. after the other team's quarterback. And we've seen it time. We saw it with the we saw it with Tom Brady when he was in in he was facing the Giants in those two Super Bowls. They lost those two Super Bowls because the Patriots couldn't do anything with the pass rush of the Giants. We saw uh we saw it with the Bucks doing it to the Chiefs, where the Chiefs just had no answer for JPP and Shaq Barrett and the, the it cost him a Super Bowl. I think all of that goes back to LT kind of just revolutionizing the game and saying, you know what? I, I'm not going to be defending your tight end. I'm not going to be pass covering your receiver or your running back. I'm going to get after your quarterback. I think that dude's a revolutionary in terms of football. He's my number two all-time football player. I fully agree with what you just said there, too. I think I've seen more defensive players now change the game than ever before and like you said Lawrence Taylor might have been the first guy to do it it obviously says one of two defense players to win MVP do you know who the other guy was the other guy is one of my absolute favorite players ever we can go off on a tangent the other guy is (laughs) Alan Page Alan Page I I, I, you know what now that Alan Page came up I have to tell you about Alan Page he lived one of the most he (laughs) has and he is currently living one of the most incredible my mic just fell. One of the most incredible lives of all time in terms of football and in terms of life in general. I got to tell you about this guy, man. Yeah. So he was born in Canton, Ohio. He, when the Hall of Fame was getting built, 
right? The Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Alan Page was like 16 years old or something. He took a summer job laying, I think he was laying bricks, or he was helping construct the Pro Football Hall of Fame, okay? Ends up getting a, a scholarship to Notre Dame to play football. Goes to Notre Dame, All-American, absolutely great player at Notre Dame. Goes to the Vikings and is one of the truly great defensive tackles of all time. As you mentioned, one of only two defensive players to ever win MVP of the league. He was actually the first player, uh, defensive player to win MVP of the league. Went to four Super Bowls, didn't win any of them, but but, but great defenses. And while he was in Minnesota, while he was playing for the Minnesota Vikings, he decided to go to law school. He decided there's life after football. I want to contribute to my community. Starts going to, I think it was like evening classes to at the University of Minnesota Law School. Retires from football. Becomes a lawyer. Eventually becomes a justice in the Supreme Court of Minnesota. Like, this guy's incredible, man. Alan Page. I love Dang. Alan Page. It's crazy, man. The stories about Alan Page are crazy. Alan uh, Page. But that's the that is- only two players, Alan Page and Lawrence Taylor. Alan Page. Well, that's crazy. He's definitely one of my more favorite defense players now. Crazy life. All right. Who who, <laughs> who do you have at number one? I'm pretty All sure right, I know so who number, your number one. one is. Yeah. I was going to say, I know you that you're not going quarterbacks, but you said make the list of top five. And I already filled out number one. I was like, it's got to be Tom Brady. And that doesn't even need to be explained. We'll explain it. But he just is so good for so long. He came in at 2000. And just ended last year. So many generations know him as the GOAT from really decade to decade. And what's what I love about Tom Brady's story is c- coming out of Michigan, he wasn't even that guy. He got drafted six so round late. pick. Yeah, that's <laughs> pick number one ninety nine. That's crazy. And look, and we always see like his pictures of what he looked like on draft day. You see a picture of that guy one ninety nine. You're like, who knows if they'll start. Who knows, if, you, who knows if he'll ever get on a practice squad starting <laughs> yeah. in the NFL. This guy yeah. doesn't even look like he's a practice squad player. <laughs> yeah. And some of those, those combine videos. Yeah. I could run backwards faster than Tom Brady. Can. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he was doing on those, but Tom Brady's got to be like, people say go to the NFL. And I know a lot of people in my generation, at least they just think Tom Brady and seven Super Bowl rings more than any other team even that just explains itself five times super bowl mvp the list goes on list goes on look if you include quarterbacks right he has to be number one you the point of sports is to win he won (laughs) seven that's right he won seven super bowls six in new england and i think it's very important that he went to the Bucks, and he won one without Bill Belichick. Seven, seven Super Bowl stands for itself, man. I don't know how much yeah. more I can say about this guy. I think he was and the guy on each team too. He wasn't like you said somewhere like he was the guy leading them to the win. Yeah, he won three. I think he won three league MVPs. He had a season where he threw fifty touchdowns. The two thousand seven Patriots, one of the greatest regular season team. Obviously, they lost to. The Giants in the Super Bowl, 
But yeah, if you look, if you include quarterbacks, Tom Brady's the GOAT. There's no two ways about it. Now, the way I thought about it, so uh, of course, I'm not debating you having him a number yeah, one. Yeah, I know you were The way I way. thought about it was because their impact is just so much bigger than any other position, it's almost unfair to the other positions to mention quarterbacks at the same time. That's as, true. Yeah. Um, because here's the conversation about Tom Brady. I won't say it's pushback, but it's something to consider. Tom Brady was a three-time all-pro first-team guy, right? I think Peyton Manning had eight, something like that. I think in the regular season, Peyton Manning was a better quarterback. If you look at if you look at some players that we mentioned, all right, we talked about Jerry Rice. If you look at the gap between Jerry Rice as a receiver and the second best receiver and Tom Brady, the quarterback, and the second best quarterback, probably Joe Montana, maybe Peyton yeah. Manning, that gap for the quarterbacks is a lot smaller than LT's gap to relative linebackers, defensive players, Jerry Rice's relative gap to receivers and my number one guy who's not a quarterback because again like I said I I think it should almost be a separate list I think it is a separate list I think my number one player is Jim Brown and I think if you look at the gap of the greatest running back of all time Jim Brown and the second greatest who I think is Walter Payton I think that's a significant enough gap to where this guy Jim Brown when running the football was 80% of the offense. This guy played nine seasons in the NFL. He led the league in rushing eight out of those nine seasons. Think about that's, that. Yeah, You're that's, the best. I'm, that's just crazy to me. Jim Brown, all I think he had 106 career touchdowns. He averaged 104 yards rushing per game. He had a 14-game season where he had 1,800, almost 1,900 yards. <laughs> hitting 1,000 is accomplishment. That's, uh, hitting 1,000 hitting now with 17 games is considered a deal. Oh, he's a 1,000-yard running back. This guy was running for almost <laughs> 1,900 yards in a 14-game season. That's ridiculous. I think Jim Brown, and I just want to give love to Jim Brown. He passed away earlier this year. Three-time oh, Super Bowl, or a, a three-time league MVP, sorry, played in the pre-Super Bowl era. I think Jim Brown has to be the greatest football player of all time. Again, quarterbacks notwithstanding. I think if you do include quarterbacks, I'm not going to be crazy. I think if you include quarterbacks, you have to go Tom Brady. I yeah. think the winning speaks for itself. I do think it's a little bit unfortunate, though, that. People think that no championships existed before Super Bowls. There were still NFL champions. And for all those people out there that don't know the history of football, go look up players like Johnny Unitas. Go look up players like Otto Graham, who were winning championships just prior to the Super Bowl era. But obviously, football takes off in the Super Bowl era. You have to you have to recognize Tom Brady is the best quarterback of that time. If you include quarterbacks with other players, he's the best player of all time. I obviously didn't on my list, so I went with yeah. Jim Brown. Yeah. 
Yeah. And no, I really like the pick you had with Jim Brown. And that was cool to learn about all these players because there was a lot of those older guys that I never even knew about. But we'll definitely make some more lists coming forward with NBA and like other sports leagues. But I think that should wrap up this episode. And I really like both of our lists. And yep, we'll catch you next time. <music>